Welcome back to the Star Wars Universe podcast. Here we are. We are nine days out from the new Kenobi show coming out. And Matthew Carroll and I are continuing his journey through the Clone Wars. My attempt to show Matthew Carroll that Star Wars can actually handle some interesting, deep issues besides just pretty sword fights and spaceship battles. And most importantly, getting ready for the Kenobi show that's coming out in nine days at this point. We're going to have Matthew Carroll and myself talking about Clone Wars seasons five, six, and seven. And just how how we're kind of feeling about Kenobi, all that more after a commercial break, we have no control over. Welcome back. I'm Matthew Fox. I'm your host. I use they, them pronouns. I'm Matthew Carroll. Matt, so good to have you back with us one more time to talk about Kenobi. Um, we've been going a little slowly, and I guess you just kind of either got the bug or got really bored, because as I understand it, you just kind of blazed through the last couple yeah, seasons. Yeah, so... The abridged version, well, part, granted. Yeah, uh, yeah. In, in abridged version, uh, part of it was, it was a couple things. I realized we only had two more weeks, and I, mm-hmm. I, there were only three seasons, and each of the, the last three weeks I've done two seasons, so I was like, I guess if I just blaze through the last three, we can do it in one episode, and... I'm I'm going to try this week to watch the three movies again, even though I've seen them before a few times. I just I just haven't right. seen them in years, so it'd be nice to see uh, the other the movies, mm-hmm. um, especially nice. after watching this and and uh, watching season seven and seeing how it interacts with um, Revenge of the Sith or whatever like that. I'd like to see yeah. that all uh, kind of play out. I, that supercut sounds pretty fun. I, apparently, there's a supercut. It's like four and a half hours long where they intercut all the Ahsoka storyline into the uh Revenge of the Sith. That sounds fun. That sounds really cool. For me, the prequels got a lot better with this show. Especially the third one, but also even to some extent the second one, because I feel like I just got having gotten to see Obi-Wan's uh having gotten to see Anakin's kind of slow decline over the course of the show, getting to see more of his relationship with the, with the Chancellor, with uh Padme, all of that. Uh so I'll be very curious to he- granted you haven't seen the whole thing, you've seen the abridged versions, but I'll be very curious to hear what are your thoughts on the third movie, um, having seen this mm-hmm. now. And let me just kind of start with so overall, kind of what's what's your overall uh you've now seen uh the abridged uh the Clone Wars. Kind of what's your overall thought on the show? Uh yeah, I, I like it. I f- I do think that it, you know for Star Wars there are some moments that are like much a little more complicated. And at least really question the Jedi Order in a way that I feel like the sh- the movies are scared to almost. And I kind of get it. Like, yeah. Star Trek has this problem where, like, whenever you make a Star Trek, <laughs> you either have to – you're either this colonist f- version of the Federation that's going around, like, telling everyone how perfect you are, or you're li- you're, like – making the Federation too dark or like bringing, you know, like you're, you're destroying people's ideals about the Federation that love the show. And so there's this weird thing where like, if you really question the Jedi too much, does it like make you unlearn your love of Luke and like, you know, like in the, the original stuff, like you kind of want, you want to love the Jedi, I think. And and, this is my personal opinion that there's, they're trying to introduce some more complexity and be more questioning of the sort of authority of the, is the Jedi. And I think in the beginning, I think the story, uh, especially the first, the first three movies are a pretty simple. Mm -hmm. This is lightness. This is darkness. Follow the light. Don't follow the dark. Like that's what the story is. And I find that a little reductive when it comes to morality. (laughs) Clearly in, in Clone Wars, they, they at least, I don't know that they necessarily reach the point where they really make it more complicated than that, but they do, Mm show you why Anakin is tempted by the dark more so. Um, They show you why so often the dark feels practical. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's like, and the thing is though, like in many ways they're right. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're looking at it and they're like, yeah, we could have avoided this if we just, you know, whatever, kill the bad guy instead of imprisoning him or, or whatever. Like it's, it sort of comes down to, the Punisher daredevil conversation on the rooftop, you know, where it's like at times you having that same conversation with Anakin and Obi-Wan where it's like, no, why are we not just doing the thing we need to do to stop the bad guys? And it's because if you do, and I guess in that way, it's sort of beautiful. It's because if you do that, you become the bad guys, you know what I mean? And that's what happens to Anakin. Like he is an example of that. Like, sort of superhero, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of blending genres here, but it's that superhero idea that, like, Matt Murdock keeps himself on the line by never killing. 
you know, like, right. and, and Anakin doesn't understand that. And he crosses the line and becomes the Punisher. And what is Darth Vader, if not the Punisher, you know? Um. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, a, I think it's a really good way of saying it. Um, first, in terms of the first kind of point you're making, I, I really like that. I'm kind of thinking now that in some ways, George Lucas and Gene Roddenberry, I think are very similar in that they both create these kind of, Star Trek is a more traditionally utopian world. Star Wars is kind of about a world that is remembering the utopia of the Jedi. Uh, and Star Wars is about the dystopia afterwards. But in both cases, they sort of create the Federation or the Jedi as this, like, right, moral, good, pure organization. And then later writers came along and started to be like, okay, that's cool, but let's start to play with that a little bit. You know, and like Deep Space Nine and Discovery, they start really getting into more like, okay, but actually is this colonization? And like, what are the problems with the Prime Directive and stuff like mm-hmm. that? And, and kind of the same thing in Star Wars. And yeah, I, I really like what you're saying because to me, and it may just be like this this hit me in a different way. I always found even the original trilogy a lot more complicated than black and white, like good, bad morality because to me, the idea that it introduces is that you can be fighting for what you think is good, but when you let yourself start hating the bad and acting entirely out of that hate for the bad, that's when it's possible to sort of become, you know, prob- because you're not kind of, you don't, you don't, you're not holding yourself to lines, you mm-hmm. know? And to me, what I kind of think the, the next era, the Clone Wars era does is to say, okay, that's true. But also, if you're too rigid about the lines you're supposed to be holding, that can start to be even more just as problematic, if not more yeah, so. Yeah, except you know? and so I, I, the, the truth is they, they, they say all that, but then he's still going to become Darth Vader. You know, the guy who's the questioner. And I mean, the show becomes more Ahsoka show as it goes on, especially obviously the last four episodes are, right. are Ahsoka story during Revenge of the Sith. So, right. And really the last season even. I, wa- I, I didn't get through all of it, but I watched... I watched more than was uh, prescribed right. to me on that on the, the list. I watched a few of the like episodes where she's like getting to that mechanic character and right. uh, her sister. Um, but well, let me just jump in there because what you're saying about like you, I actually think Anakin proves this point because to me, I'm not saying that the show is saying you have to follow these rigid lines or else you become a problem. Uh, it, it's more that like if you teach someone that the only two options are to follow all of the rigid exact lines or to fall to chaos, mm-hmm. then yes, someone's going to fall to chaos. You yeah. know, it's, it's kind of that, mm-hmm. like, the person who leave, who's had this, like, incredibly rigid, have to be a virgin till marriage, never think sexual right. thoughts, and they leave that, and they're like, well, now I have no morality. Yeah. No, 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 believe me, I'm, I'm a man who, who did that yeah. very thing, um, who left, yeah. left, left a church and... Uh, then had to decide on my own morality. And like, it wasn't that I have no morality. It's that I have to figure out what to base it on. If it's not based on an ancient book right. or whatever, you know, like, cause you hadn't been given the tools to figure it out. Exactly. For yourself, exactly. You know? And I, I think yeah. that's fair. I, I think that's, that's really good. I love that idea that the Jedi order is right. just like, they're generally trying to do good things, but they're very wrong. I just think, I still think yeah. they're that the show itself or like the, the movies that have been produced, um, ex- with 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 minor exceptions here and there, are scared to just like really say that. Um, I may be, I, I may yeah. be missing a, a place here or there, but like I, I just I feel like the show they're, they're still you know just like with the Federation, it's it's scary to just say the Federation mm-hmm. bad, you know, like really. And they start to question that, like in TNG with the Maquis line. Sorry, I'm getting off on a different universe, but um, they, I, I think it's a there, there's there's a reasonable fear to like. And I think yeah. that's the fear in the world too. Is like it's hard to say. Um, and yeah, this, this I'm getting all confused because I'm, I'm talking. I'm thinking about Star Star Wars, Star Trek, and my own journey uh, away from my own faith. And so it's like I think about my own faith, and like there's still a little bit of me, me, and in my life, it's like, well, I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not gonna like go so anti-religion you know but even though i don't like but but part of me really wants to you know like (laughs) yeah no i i think you're right and i i do think there is one star wars movie that does it but i think the last i was gonna say the last and look at how the last jedi was received but also i think you're right it's across fandoms because falcon and the winter soldier raised the idea that what if even the perfect captain america you know not a biased bone in his body but there are just some parts of racism he didn't understand. And so him and Bucky put Sam in this situation that maybe they, they could have better understood. Like that got a huge amount of, of yeah. you know, pushback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Last Jedi got a huge... And, yeah, it's funny. So it's like, I, 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 this is all totally agreeing with you. I think, like, I... And I think I think what happened is they made the Last Jedi. They got a whole bunch of pushback, and then they yeah, and they were like, wait, wait, wait made... never mind. Jedi's good. Jedi's good. Uh, Jedi good. And yeah. that's that sucks. And it's... That 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 really sucks. And that's why yeah. I really like Jedi. Last Jedi is my favorite. I love. Oh man, I love the the revelation that Ray is is nobody. Like I just think that is so perfect. And and I like especially where I yeah. was in my sort of journey of leaving behind like sort of the way that my uh, I'd been raised and the things that I'd been taught. I love Kylo Ren in that movie where he's, he's the bad guy. Clearly he, he's got some work to do, but I love that. He's just like, no, let's just like give up the past. Like the past doesn't matter. Like we build our own yeah. thing, you know? And I love how excited he is about it. And I, I love that. And I, but then in the end, he, he's just, you know, he's a solo and she's a Sidious or whatever. And like, they're just, uh, it's just it, yeah, it just uh, reprisal of the same old story. Um, yeah, and like, I think that's the thing, and like yeah, like this isn't just about like how much you like Star Wars. Or sure, not. yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I'm really glad you're looking at it. And I think, like you said, there, there's a lot of complexity that you're seeing. It's not in some ways the story for you, and I think Star Trek is a Star Trek approaches these things in a very different kind of way that puts the stories more front and center. But I, but I think you're right. I'll be the first one to say. I think one of the things that makes Star Wars hard to understand is that it's this back and forth, you know, of there isn't one Star Wars doesn't have a Kevin Feige. It has Dave Filoni right. now, but it certainly didn't for a long time. And so you would have like, you know, this show pushing forward in some ways, but the movie's not quite going there and then one movie going there and not and it's interesting now because a lot of the, the Star Wars novels are really pushing things forward in some great ways. Um, you know, but then you get into a whole sorts of questions about accessibility and who's getting to, to see which parts of the story and stuff yeah. like that. And I, I think I love the idea that you're saying. I love the idea that, like, mm-hmm. the problem is the binary of these two right. things. And, you know, the, the the fact that if you fall away from this, you're just now a bad guy. And, and then people sort of yeah. – there's this sort of self-fulfilling prophecy to that that pushes people in that direction. If they can't live up to every little thing, they're just going to go be – uh, you know, dark side, because at yeah. least there, there's power, you know? Um, and yeah, I, I just, th- there's just so many li- little sort of allegories. And I feel like, I feel like Star Wars is, is sort of this sort of broken allegory that they just haven't really filled in for me yet. And, and most of the stuff that I really enjoyed from Clone Wars is the stuff that exists sort of outside of that binary. And I, I'm realizing it now that, you know, right. in, in that language, but like, I really like all the Ahsoka stuff. Uh, I liked the Night Sister stuff and I liked the Maul stuff. Um, although I love, I love the the part where uh, Darth Maul are, comes up in the criminal organizations. I thought that was like so much fun. Yeah. Um, when he's not Maul anymore, he's not a Sith. Like, there's even that one scene where they're like, "Yes, we're gonna take over and be criminal master." It's like it's like they're just sort of like, "What are we gonna do? Let's be let's let's be crime lords." Yeah. We're, Let's, yeah. let's do it. I, so much yeah, fun. And that's thing, like, when Darth Sidious comes in and says, like, no, now you've become my rival. And there's that, uh, what I think is the best fight sequence in all the entirety of Star Wars, maybe. Uh, but definitely, in the mm-hmm. t- the, for me, the entire of Clone Wars, I think the fight between Darth Sidious and uh, Maul and his brother, like, going at it, is yeah. so good. Like, the force lightning and just the, the way it's shot. It's just, it, they get, the fight scenes got better and better as the show went on. And it just, there's a certain point where the fight scenes are... Just completely amazing. I think they're good from the beginning, yeah. but the, the, they're just absolutely amazing. And um, there's a lot going on there, but I, I love the idea that, like, there's more to the Star Wars universe than the Jedi and the Sith, which I don't think you really get from the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still think yeah, that you don't get a good sense of it, even in this, that there's anyone in in the middle, like the gray Jedi idea. Um I still mm-hmm. feel like you, you were not, you're not getting or a gray force user, I guess is a better way to say it. Even though I know J- yeah. gray Jedi is common. Um, like Ahsoka is starting to definitely mm-hmm. be that. Um, and I think that's where I'm excited. Yeah, for her yeah, show. Yeah. Did, did you see the episode where, where Ahsoka and Ventress have to yes, work together yeah. after that's one of my favorite. And I, I will say, I think that's a great lost opportunity because I think a TV show about, because this is when, for those who haven't seen it, Ahsoka has been kicked out of the Jedi, and then they kind of try to bring her back when they realize she was framed, but she's like, nah, I, I see what you're all about. Peace, mm-hmm. I'm gone. 
And Ventress has left the Sith, again, because Dooku tried to kill her on Sidious's orders. And she's now been through a lot of things where she's like, she's not good, necessarily, but she's not quite so much on the dark side as she used to be. And she has some compassion now, and she's willing to help people. And so Ventress and Ahsoka have to work together. And it's just, it is, I think, my favorite buddy cop show that I've ever seen. And I think they're going to be such a great chance to explore kind of what you're talking about, about the two of them who each were at the extremes and each have seen the problem of the extremes, kind of seeing, like, how can they find the middle yeah. together? Well, and th- I do I do really like the episode. Uh, but even more than that for me, we're talking about um, Ventress being a more morally gray character, because up until now she's been embracing the dark side, wanting to be the dark darkness. And then she gets sort of like Ahsoka. She gets, you know, excommunicated. Uh, they uh, mm-hmm. Dooku tries to kill her, and then she ends up going back to the Night Sisters, and um, are they called the Night Sisters? I think that's what you called them, right? Yeah, it's another site. It is the Night Sisters, and their leader is Mother. Okay, Nelson. and they have that whole that whole arc, which was uh, very very cool. But it's still, those guys are bad guys. Like I, I hear that like they're not Sith, but they're still like mm-hmm. just really morally bankrupt people. And I think like. T- they've just gotten to the point where they're just, they do seem like something happened where the Sith came in and it's sort of like a colonial idea, but they've gone so far into the edge of like whatever hatred they have, that they are like full on embracing the darkness and embrace it. Like when Ventress kills a number of that, not Darth Maul, but his brother, and oppress. Yeah. uh, Savage oppressed is the, is the, um, but we learned that their people are called the Zobreks. Uh, she kills a bunch of Zabrex, like just just over and over these male Zabrex that she's like trained, mm-hmm. like, and she kills uh, Savage Opress's brother for no reason. Actually, no, she has him kill him, which like that's yeah. that's just sadistic. Like, there's nothing you know. You said to watch those, like you need to see some more gray stuff, and I watch those. And I'm like, these are not gray characters; these are bad characters. <laughs> it's interesting, and it's like. You know, it's it's right. classic villainy stuff to watch the two ha- have episodes. And, like, how cool is it that they have this, this Clone Wars show where you can watch the episodes where these different factions of the villains are just going at it, and there's not even a good guy among them. Like, it was really fun. Yeah. Uh, but they're still v- very bad. Like, I still I have no, like, illusions that uh, the Night Sisters or any of that clan are, like, you know, some ascendant positive force. They're, they're still out there just like mm-hmm. being sadistic. Um, oh, I'd agree. I, I think that, yeah, to me, they are very much on the dark side of the force. I think the thing is that they are, they're perfectly content to just live on their own world, do their own thing. They're not trying to like take over. Sure, the sure, sure, sure. The way that the Sith are and stuff like that. But yeah, no, for sure. They're, they're not good guys. You know, they, they have a, like, there are things that, cause one of the things is that all the male Zabrex who get killed volunteer to be part of this contest to you know sort of see that the that the mighty survive yeah it's sadistic it is brutal it's not good in any way whatsoever yeah. um but it's also just like that that's their world you know? yeah i get that i but i just yeah i just yeah. find that um and i know that they're like living on their own they got their own culture as as dark and weird as it is and as brutal as it is that's their thing uh, and 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 maybe my my Star Trek uh, self should stop questioning their culture and uh, you know Prime <laughs> Directive and all that stuff. But like I uh, I just yeah I just don't find them to be characters that I'm like watching and going like oh I hope these guys make it. Uh, like I, I just you know yeah. if these guys die it's probably a positive. Like they're also bad for the universe, um, bad for even their own people. There's just a yeah. lot of no and to be. I'm not trying to pull a moral relativism. We can't judge that. Like, no, they're they're bad people. They're on the yeah, dark side. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, um, so, 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 see, still, I guess, like, I watched those and I was like hoping for more grayness, and it still was like very binary in my mind. But um, the stuff that I just, I yeah, I just really enjoyed a lot of those dark episodes, and I really enjoyed the Darth Maul arc where he becomes a crime lord is my favorite. Probably, I really, really love. All of the, I love how quickly he owns the galaxy. Like, I just love that he's like, well, you know, Sidious has been working behind the scenes to build up power in the galaxy, right? That's like literally the entirety of the the thing is just Sidious has had this plan and he's been slowly working through politics. And Darth Maul just comes in and he's like, all right, 
I own all the crime syndicates now. And then he goes like, all right, now I own Mandalore and 20,000 other worlds or something like that. He's just like, I'm, I, I, he almost consolidates this huge portion of the galaxy under his sort of shadow control. Very similar to Sidious, what Sidious has done, but he does it so quick. And like Sidious comes in and like takes him down uh, because he's become a uh, challenger and, but a legitimate challenger, but not only in like, I have a Sith apprentice and, or I have a dark side apprentice and I have uh, power in the force, but he has in like a week done what it took decades for Sidious to do. And I just love that. I just love it so much. Yeah. I mean, it makes me love Darth Maul because he's not only a good fighter as we saw in uh, Phantom Menace, but we see he's like kind of a strategic genius and just like bold as hell and just like goes in and just does it. And I just, I love those episodes. Things are super badass. Yeah, I I think Maul is one of the characters who gets best developed, and and it's funny because he also clearly develops a very strong, like he still has this fascination and like obsession with Obi Wan Kenobi. That that kind of like, you know, not that I think this subtext was intentionally there, but it's a definitely like, look, Maul, we know you want to kill Obi Wan. You probably also want to kiss him at some point too. We get, mm-hmm. you know, it's like that level of just like obsession, and I. I don't think we're going to see Maul in this season of Kenobi. I don't think we should. But I will say, um, if you wind up watching Star Wars Rebels, the next show, which I think is kind of the, the pinnacle of Star Wars animation, you get a lot more of Maul, too. Is there a lot of Kenobi uh, really in that show? Thing. No. Uh, Kenobi is talked about quite a lot. And um, there is one particular episode in which Kenobi appears and um, things with Maul happen. Uh, that I don't want to spoil it okay. the way, but um, I'm yeah. just curious and, and how much is it. That, I didn't know if I should try to watch it before. Uh, no, especially because that show happens after this show. Oh, okay, that, great. That, that, that's great. Because I think this show is going to happen when Luke is still like eight or nine or ten. Um, people who've watched all the trailers are probably yelling at me because we probably do know exactly. I don't because I haven't been. I, I like knowing as little as I can going into the show. But um, Star Wars Rebels happens like. The last episode of Star Wars Rebels happens probably like a day before Rogue One. Mm. Like it's that close to most most of Star Wars Rebels happens in the three years or so. It's when like Luke would be like 16 to 20. Okay. So Star Wars Rebels is right before probably leads into Rogue One kind of. Gotcha. Yeah, definitely. And, and a lot of it's about the foundation of the like a lot of those characters who in Rogue One are kind of like putting the rebellion mm-hmm. together. A lot of like you start to see those people beginning to come together in. Uh, That's in, fun, in, uh, especially. I mean, you see this a little bit in Rogue One, but like those characters that like we see in A New Hope or whatever that are like gathered mm-hmm. around a table that we barely get to know. It's kind of fun to have a show that's yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I didn't realize when that one happened, so that's cool. Um, I, would, I didn't know if it's something I, I should try to watch, but I, there's no way I can watch that one too. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah I don't think you don't watch it for Kenobi. Give yourself a Star Wars break after Kenobi. But at some point, I think you really should yeah. watch it because, it, A, it's just a very well done show. But also, one of the main characters is a person who was a Jedi, as a who was like a 10-year-old Padawan when Order 66 yeah, happened. Yeah, I've heard, I'm I've heard that. I've heard something here for it. And so, like, yes, he is a Jedi, and he has basically a wife. Yeah. And he has yeah, massive yeah. attachments. And it's... In that regard, there's a lot of greatness that's introduced and played with. Cool. Really Very, cool. Very cool. Very um, cool. Yeah. yeah. But, but going back to this. Um, so, yeah, what what other things stood out to you about some of the, the arcs you mm. watched? I guess that's the big stuff, especially considering what we're really talking about. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want more Ahsoka. I can't wait for the Ahsoka show because I do think there's a big opportunity for her to have the realizations that we're talking about. I think Luke gets there a little bit, with especially with Last Jedi. Um, but I think yeah. it's a little undone, uh, you know, and like, and like, I think Luke kind of hits on the same stuff that like the Jedi were, you know, like it, it, it was, it was fine for a time, but it was like, you know, we, we, they, they were, they, you know, the hubris and the, the stark lines and stuff. Like, I think, I think there's a little bit of that in Last Jedi, but I think an Ahsoka show yeah. could really explore that. And I just hope they have the balls to, um, <laughs> yeah. me too. I, and it's funny too, because. One of the things that is being established as well is that, uh, and the High Republic books are really doing this well because they're set about three hundred years before the Clone Wars. I think I think they're they're going to be over a, a long period of time, but they're set maybe like two hundred fifty years to like a hundred years before the uh, the Clone Wars and and the prequels. One of the things they're establishing is that the 
the Clone Wars era of the Jedi being so very, very rigid about the rules, and here the church connection is very strong, it's kind of like how the modern evangelical movement like has not always been there. Mm-hmm. You know, Biblical fundamentalism didn't start until Charles Darwin and a lot of the scientific advances right, right, and right. stuff like that. And one of the things that those High Republic books are about is that there was a time when, yeah, a lot of Jedi played doctor with each other as Padawans and kind of had some young love and sexual explorations and something happened during that time to make them much stricter about the rules and much more binary about the Mm. rules as they are by the time of the Clone Wars. And so I think that's another further exploration of like, now not only are the Jedi not that great, but they weren't, this wasn't the way they were over the last So thinking about all this in the uh, terms, I think there's a real opportunity here because I I, I don't think a lot of this was really meant when those original movies came out, like I, I don't feel like when I watch those original Star Wars, there's a lot of that. Like it feels like when Luke leaves his training, like the, it's just he's risking it, you know, like he's risking his training. Um, it and he needs yeah. to become a light side warrior, a Jedi before he can face off with uh, Vader, and he loses his hand because of it. Like it all doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like he's there, like trying to insert anything about this sort of lack of binary. But now thinking about it from that perspective. I love where we are in the story because like you have a real chance, especially facing today's world because in today's Mm -hmm. world, you do have this, this like bifurcation of our culture. You know what I mean? Where there's kind of Mm -hmm. two sides that are extremes. Um, And I, I mean like I, I, (laughs) um, I kind of I, I like the idea of of telling a story about people from different sides trying to understand each other or trying to like maybe yeah. what bring balance to the forces is 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 kind of like you push people too far out to the edge of the seesaw it gets real unbalanced and we've seen that in our world today on a very different like uh, metric I would say it's very hard to draw those uh, these comparisons in like a very like. But but you see what I'm saying? Like you, you push people out. Like if you got if you got a spectrum of people that are light and dark and gray and they're sort of in the middle and like lots of like different kinds of people, you sort of have this. There's a stability to the seesaw. But in 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 right. Jedi Sith days, it's just they're out at the edges and it's it's wobbly, you know. And I'm wondering, I wonder if that could tie into the idea of bringing balance to the Force, and and why Darth yeah. Vader needed to destroy it, destroy everything. <laughs> I don't know if the Kenobi show will be what explores right, that, right. but I definitely think that's – that. I think that is a topic we'll be getting more into. And certainly um, I think – you know, because one of the last things that Kenobi says at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith is, you know, you were supposed to bring balance to the Force. You were supposed to destroy the Sith, not join them. And I imagine that an awful lot of the show is going to be Kenobi kind of coming to terms with everything that mm. happened. And – you know, in part because, like, he's fun in the Clone Wars. He's sassy. He's mm-hmm. got a snappy comeback all the time. That's not who he is when Alec Guinness is playing him in the original movies. And so I, I imagine a lot of this show was going to be about, you know, kind of his internal monologue. Or maybe it's talking to Qui-Gon. Or maybe it's talking to Anakin in his head. Or we don't know. But, yeah, that 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 way of him exploring, like, yeah, what happened? How, what was the prophecy? How did this all go mm. wrong? Yeah, that'd be really cool. That'd be really cool. I, I did want to bring up one other episode. Sorry, I don't know if you want to get more. Yeah, go for it. Um, there's one other episode uh, that I really wanted to mention, and you, you're talking about um, Ventress and her, uh-huh. you know, being great. The episode that really brought that forth for me was when Ventress and uh, Ventress did her Mandalorian thing. Uh, she did the Mandalorian episode one, uh, where she had a job and she had to do be a courier for something and then opens it and realizes it's a child and then decides to turn against the people who sent her to do the job that is very much the, i mean it's the plot of the first episode of mandalorian but like that's very much her showing that she has lines you know and and, she, and like yeah. she talks to she was sort of brought into this war when she was a child and she sees this mm-hmm. child being brought against its will and uh and really like it tur- it turns her to she says, you don't know what it's yeah. like to be, you know, to have this happen to you. And she's like, I would actually. And then she yeah. turns and like fights for good, like straight up, just as it does, it does the good guy turn. And I loved that. Great episode, but yeah. never interacts again. Well, I haven't seen the last few. I haven't seen a few of the episodes in season seven, but doesn't really interact much after that with uh, our, our heroes, as it were. 
she's not in that last Mandalorian yeah. arc. So I'm curious where she is and what's going on with Ventress. Yeah, I would love it if, like, for example, in the Ahsoka show, we got some flashbacks to when young Ahsoka and Ventress were working together or something mm. like that. Um, there is a canon novel about Ahsoka. Uh, I'm sorry, about Ventress, where she is again kind of – she's pretty much – she. I think in that novel, she's very much in that gray place you're talking about. She's left the dark side behind. Um, I think even like what you're saying, like she kind of has like she, – she's sort of in this – like I think I think she like – yeah. By the time of the episode you're talking about, like I think she even she would say, yeah, the Night Sisters were a little too dark for me. Like what we did on Zabrak was a little too dark for me. Um, but she's in this still play, but she also sees all the moral hypocrisy of the Jedi. And I think she's in a place of like – there are some powers the dark side has that are not the worst things in the world. And, you know, kind of how, what can you explore and not explore the book? Dark disciple. I think, no, is that it? Yeah. The novel dark disciple is about her and a Jedi working together to try and kill count Dooku. Mm. Um, and it's really about the two of them kind of falling in love among other things. And it's there's romance in the novel. It's well-written. Um, uh, which is amazing to me in a Star Wars novel. Uh, although the new Star Wars novels have been so much, so much more adult, uh, not like porn, but you know, just like not as like childy about mm-hmm. about um, concepts like love and romance and things like that. Kind of like how like you know Will Riker was kind of like you know the player of the Star Wars universe, but it's still always like he always falls in love with everybody every time you know Jordy falls in love and in, but you get to discovery like people hook up. Mm-hmm. There's some a lot more of like a complexity about relationships for sure. Of discovery, I think same thing in these sure, novels. Yeah. But yeah, so I think I, I'm hoping we get more of the Venture story because I think in many ways she might be a lot of the character you're kind of looking for. Yeah, that'd be rad. Uh, as I said, still still pretty dark for me, but uh, <laughs> but I, I definitely that yeah. was one of my favorite episodes when she finally. She does a good thing. Like, it's really, like, one of the first... You know, and it's funny. Uh, she's in, like, season one or two. She fights uh, Ahsoka. And I and from the very first time mm-hmm. she fights Ahsoka, and she's, like, the servant of Dooku, I was like, I like Ventress. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I think Ventress is going to, like, not follow Dooku forever. And, and sure enough, like, th- they did a good job of making her character, like, kind of fun and, like, mm-hmm. char- charismatic enough, I guess, to, like, sort of support the weight of her how evil she was uh, and it really did, and it's just yep. you, you look at these two little girls you know you're looking like ahsoka and ventress at the beginning the two these two little girls are fighting and it's like they're just they're just pawns in all this you know um and yeah. so it's it was nice to see her kind of get her own story yeah and i think that's why the two of them together as both like we were pawns of these larger groups and maybe these groups taught us the extremes like yeah, yeah. i totally agree so let me kind of close with, and this is a big question for sure, but I think this is kind of the most important question about Kenobi coming out of the Clone Wars. You know, in the original movies, Obi-Wan clearly carries a lot of guilt. And he says, you know, I thought that I could raise Anakin the way Yoda raised me. I was wrong. And he kind of like blames himself for Anakin falling to the dark side. Do you think he's right? Having now seen so much more of Kenobi trying to f- train Anakin and what happens with with Anakin and Padme and all this kind of stuff. Do you think how much responsibility do you think Obi Wan should have for what happens to Anakin? You can never fully blame someone for someone's adult actions. You know, like you can never fully blame anyone for their child's actions. But he definitely like mm-hmm. did not do the best job. There's definitely like moments of real issues in sort of his. I mean, for back of a better word, parenting of of uh like he just never gave it's weird because the, the the things that I'm the things that I see are that he didn't really ever give uh Anakin boundaries but at the same time that's the exact thing that we're talking about is part of the problem with the Jedi so it's it's kind of weird it's like we're like saying that like I think it's very clear from throughout that Anakin keeps making decisions that are not okay, and and right. or at least they're against the rules. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like he should have either enforced the rules or helped him understand the rules weren't the only way to live. Because he just walks this line in the middle where he's like, "These are rules, Anakin. Also, every yeah. time you break them, there will be no consequences." Um, and and you know from a from the whole story, he's just constantly constantly and ahsoka does the same thing 
um, and Ahsoka and Anakin together, like in the end, they're like both talking about how they like break the rules all the time. I also really loved the final shot of Clone Wars is, is Anakin picking up, you know, as Darth Vader picking up Ahsoka's uh, lightsaber. Mm-hmm. I really hope that we get to have some sort of possible interaction with them in the future, but I don't know that that would ever be possible, but it'd be cool. Star Wars. Oh, yeah. Great. You will be very, very sad. Yeah. And I think what is my favorite 20 minutes in all of Star Wars. Oh, nice. Is, is, and it's at the end of season two also. And those seasons are like 12 episodes instead of 20. Actually, they are pretty long. But, but yeah. So it's end of season two. You will get, I think, very much. Okay. I will absolutely watch that. So. Well, yeah. And I think the points you're making are so there. And it's funny because we're both church people. And it kind of goes back to me about a lot of how the church teaches things. Like. Because we were saying about the kind of difference between rules and boundaries, you know, it's the difference to me between saying, like, don't steal or else God will be mad and you'll go to hell versus, hey, talking to a kid about, hey, how important to you is it that you get to play with your toys? How do you think it would feel if someone took away your toy? Okay, well, how do you think it would feel if you took away someone else's toy? Like, it's the difference between telling someone an arbitrary rule. And I think especially this happens in the church around, like, sex or stuff like that. You know, the difference between... The church sex ed that's like sex is bad, wait till marriage, don't ever think about it, all of it's bad, versus some of the kind of more liberal church ideas of like, hey, let's talk to you about how your body is sacred and consent is sacred and important and how do how do you make good decisions about your body and what you want to do with your body with other people and, you know, like to me, I think that's where if Obi-Wan had had, not giving Anakin the safe sex talk necessarily, but just more of a like... Like you said, there yeah. had been some consequences, but also some more of an understanding of why these rules are there. It's funny. Um, it's, it's a weird analogy, but I often joke about uh, – it's not really a joke. I think it's true. Uh, marijuana, right? People call it a mm-hmm. gateway drug, and other people say, it's not a gateway drug. Shut up. And I, say, I always say, it is a gateway drug. It absolutely is. But the reason it's a gateway drug is because it's illegal. Because yeah. you go to the drug dealer down the street, and he gives you marijuana for the first time, and then you go – that wasn't so bad. Why was that bad? Like yeah. I, I, marijuana is great. And then, yeah. And so all those people who said cocaine and marijuana are both equally bad. You're the, like, well, marijuana is not so bad. Why not, why cocaine? not cocaine? Why not heroin? Why not whatever? Uh, and then like you go down that road. Like, I think it's a gateway drug because it's illegal. Not, it's not a reason to make it illegal. It's yeah. because it's illegal. Cause you like set up a whole system in your life where you start to realize like these guys told me marijuana was bad. It's clearly not. Now I now I listen to this guy more. Now I listen to this drug dealer more than I listen to whoever um, told me that. Yeah. Like it, it happens to teenagers all the time. Um, and if it, instead you had a conversation with like it's really bad for your brain until you're older and like you know like you were honest. With it. It's a lot of fun, but it's this you know like whatever. Yeah. You can have these like kids can take uh, more nuanced conversations. I think. I think. <laughs> And I think it's important for them. And like, I, I kind of see that with the, with, with the dark side, like what you're talking about rules versus boundaries or whatever. And, and Anakin's like, well, they told me dark side is bad. Killing is bad. Hating is bad. But then I did it and I saved right. this person that didn't feel bad. Right. And then he starts drifting towards the dark side. And I mean, you know, like he's been doing that and there's been no consequences and, no, no hard lines have been drawn, and he kept training him to be a better and better warrior while not teaching him the Jedi rules. And it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's just yeah. yeah there's 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 a there's a lot there. There's a lot to discuss there. I, I think you're so right. I think kind of for me at least, what Clone Wars helps me see is how much what Palpatine did in creating this war in which the Jedi's have to be generals also exacerbated all that. You know, because you think about the scenes where like a lot of the times where Obi Wan is saying no is when. What Anakin wants to do is like go save Pat, go mm-hmm. save Ahsoka. Yep. You know when she and and Barris are trapped, or just the whole contradiction of we are peacekeepers who are generals of a war. Yeah. Um. And to me, I think the other thing, and I, actually, let me phrase this as a question for you, like especially in terms of like the permissiveness that Obi Wan of never sort of setting boundaries. By those last seasons, I think it's very clear that Obi-Wan knows that something's happening between Anakin and Padme. Like, there's practically a, like, okay, there's a kind of sock on the door episode almost. I guess I didn't see that episode. What? So, I mean, I must have missed, oh, okay. for whatever so, reason, that one wasn't on the, because I did not, well, so I me, barely saw Padme. Uh, I don't know, I don't know, for whatever reason, those were not in the episodes to watch okay. for for uh, for Obi-Wan. Yeah, so I, if, if there's an episode you recommend, I'll definitely check it out. Well, so actually, that, that's a good question then. 
how much do you think Obi-Wan knew about Anakin? I don't have any sense that he knew anything. Well, Um, I think there might have been like a teasing here or there, like... Oh, oh, Anakin, or like like that kind of like thing, but I didn't really get a sense mm-hmm. that like he thought that someone's going. They're they're like married, right? Like at that point, because oh yeah, they have been. Yeah, because I've heard them mention it. I've heard you know Anakin and uh, Padme talk mm-hmm. in an earlier season because they get married in the second in episode two, correct? At the end of the second. Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. See, yeah, I'm. It's been so long since I've seen the movies. Like I was kind of. Uh, but yeah, I didn't yeah. really get a sense of that in the later seasons. But honestly, like it's okay. weird that I watched. I, I was following this guide of like episodes to watch for Obi Wan, and to I mean, the last season's basically all just Ahsoka, and then the yeah. uh, second to last season, one of the only arcs it had me watch was um, the Yoda arc where Obi Wan barely appears. So I was like, well, I mean, I'm, I'm getting a sense of what the story is, regardless. But I didn't really get a lot of Obi Wan for a lot of the chunks i yeah. watched this this last uh this last you know week this for this podcast basically there wasn't much obi-wan yeah. in my clone wars <laughs> yeah I, i'm curious i'm now very curious about who designed that because there's definitely some episodes i would have had because to me i think one of the most important things that the clone Wars sets up is that obi-wan did know about panic uh panicking about pat that's just great word. <laughs> uh at Obi Wan, and maybe he didn't know that. De- maybe he didn't know they were married, but he certainly like he knew that there were feelings there and that something was happening. But that part of why he didn't step in and make it stop is because of Satine, because yeah. there's a part of him that still re- that 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 he just you know it's that kind of thing where like he just can't bring himself to forbid Anakin to have what he couldn't have had with Satine, yeah. you know, because it's just it's it's just he can't mm-hmm. do it, and I. I kind of hope that that's going to be explored a little bit in the show, that there's going to be some memory of Satine and some feeling yeah, of, Yeah, I'm like, curious, because, I mean, I know Filoni has is, is taken over a lot of this stuff, and I'm, I'm really uh-huh. curious because, I mean, we go back to a conversation we have on the MCU cast all the time, like, how much do you rely on these shows versus uh, the movies that everyone's seen? You know what I mean? Like, I have a feeling if we yeah. get a line about Satine, it will be really short, and it'll be explained kind of expositional because I, I just, mm-hmm. I, I feel like unless we get some flashbacks, I guess, but I, I right. just feel like the, so few of, I mean, like I know there's star Wars fans, but then there's general audiences, you know? And like, I, how much of this show right. is going to be made for star Wars fans and how much of it's going to be made for general audiences. So I, I don't know. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. No, I think it's a good question, especially because like you said, the movies, I think, the MCU movies very rarely acknowledge things from the shows. Kenobi isn't a movie, it's a show, but you're right, the Disney Plus shows, I think, are much more official than the animated shows from 15 years mm-hmm. ago. And, like, I think there's so much from these shows that they were, I think they, I think actually Star Wars has done a better job than the MCU of, like, the way, like you said, Bo-Katan appears in Clone Wars and now is a major character in in The Mandalorian right. and like this whole story of what happened. Well, that'll in that'll happen like that. around the same time um, that MCU started doing it. Uh, you know that that came right. out actually that came out actually I think after WandaVision, which is like they they started they're starting to do that crossover thing where they put these and yeah, but I mean I I, I think. Like and maybe it's in part because I'm such a big fan of the Netflix shows and stuff like that. There's a lot of stuff in the movies that I feel like I I wish there was more of the MCU show. Oh yeah, that's what I mean. They they started um, doing it. Basically, they started doing right. it at the same time. Star Wars and the MCU both around the, this last year, basically last two years, maybe they've started saying like mm-hmm. it's all really connected and we're really going to work to make it connected. So like all that stuff that was prior to that was like a literally like a different production company and like all the Netflix shows, right. but. Now we're getting stuff like WandaVision and Falcon Winter Soldier and Loki, and it's all going to very much crossover, as I think Multiverse of Madness clearly showed. Like, I, yeah, I, I, and they're they're crossing that stuff over. Mm-hmm. I, if you have not seen WandaVision, like Multiverse of Madness almost doesn't make sense, like at all. Like it's very strange. Oh, see, Trinity, to me, I think I think Multiverse of Madness did a very bad job of honoring all the stuff that happened in. WandaVision. I agree from like, a that, yeah, yeah. I don't want to get spoilers, but I agree from a character yeah. perspective. That's a very good criticism, but from a uh, exposition perspective, like Multiverse of Madness did yeah. not hold your hand to be like this is what happened in Wandavision. They just jumped in and assumed you kind of knew. And like, if you didn't watch Wandavision, yeah. Multiverse of Madness from an expositional standpoint makes no sense almost. Yeah, that that I would totally agree with. Um. 
All right, so I think that's a probably yeah. But anyway, so yeah, that that's I'll be very curious to see what to do with Satine because you're right. I don't think they're going to expect you to watch Clone Wars. I think kind of like they did with Bo-Katan. Like you could watch Bo-Katan and all the Mandalorian stuff, having no idea that she appeared because they basically just reintroduced right. yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I there are two characters who I think might show up in Kenobi. One is Qui Gon, and frankly, I I think it's possible that the you know how there's always kind of a surprise casting. I think it's possible Liam Neeson, especially because Liam Neeson did the voice in the yeah, in the I heard show that, heard we're that. talking about. Uh, so I or I think it's also possible that we'll have Satine in some way, either as flashbacks or maybe that he's like kind of talking to Satine in his head in some way. You know? I one thing I didn't get from Clone Wars, and I was shocked that I didn't get it, especially when the ending ended where it did. I thought we were going to see the destruction of Mandalore, like for sure. It had to happen because like Mandalore is destroyed. A long time ago, according to the Mandalorian, like the Mandalore was destroyed and it feels the way they talk about it in season one, it feels ancient, like this ancient thing that happened and we're the last remnant of Mandalore. Like it just feels so ancient. And it turns out it was like whatever, 20 years ago. And like, I -hmm. just feel I, I, as I was watching that last episode and there's all this political upheaval and there's uh, battles happening in space over Mandalore. I was like, something is going to happen. And this planet is going to be destroyed. Like, I thought even maybe, like, something is about to happen that is going to inspire the Death Star or something like that. Like, like you know, I was yeah. like, this is this is crazy. Or, you know, we know the Death Star uh, is, is going to exist shortly. I don't know. Anyway, the, the Death Star connection, whatever. But, like, I'm just saying, like, something I thought for sure something is going to happen to Mandalore right now that is going to destroy it because that's what has to happen for the future. And I thought Bo-Katan had kind of, like, she had... Uh, was a traitor to her people. And and then you see her in the future. I thought that was going to make her a really fascinating character. Cause I thought her betrayal was going to play into the destruction of Mandalore. And that was going to leave her in a place of like, I did this. Mm-hmm. My sister was killed. Then my, my world died and it's all my fault. And now she's out there trying to rebuild Mandalore for that reason, you know? And then it did, that didn't happen. <laughs> I, I was, I will be the first to say, I think one of the biggest flaws in star Wars. And in, in some ways, I think this started by, setting the Clone Wars when it did. Um, and Jeff and I, your, your co-host Jeff, uh, and I did a really great discussion of this when we did um, our coverage of the original prequel movies on um, the Star Wars universe mm-hmm. on this podcast. But, like, if you think about how much time, how many things seem to have happened in the 20 years or so between the Clone Wars and the new movies, the Jedi went from being like a thing everyone knew about all the time to being this ancient religion that Vader is the only practitioner of anymore. <laughs> like those officers who say that to Vader would have served with Jedi during the Clone We Wars. saw them serve with um, Jedi. You know, like what the hell? Exactly. Um, you know, the Mandalore story. Yeah. it. We know from some episodes later of Mandalore and Boba Fett that it happened sometime during the Empire, um, the destruction of Mandalore. But yeah, it's, I fully agree. It's talked about as ancient. But if nothing else, look at the pictures of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan and then look at pictures of Alec Guinness as Obi-Wan 15 years later because he looks like he's aged 40 oh, yeah. years. It's, it's um, pretty bonkers so, that there's not more time uh, between those things. Yeah. Um, and, and again, it, they do it again, too, because Vader is like ruler of the galaxy and then they cut to uh, you know Han Solo twenty years later telling everybody it's all real, kids. Uh, it's just like what, what's going on? Like why? Why does? Why is there? Why is everyone a goldfish in the Star Wars universe? <laughs> also, yeah. it, 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 go ahead. Well, particularly if if the Force exists outside of the Jedi and the Sith, which is my, I, I think I said this earlier, but that's my most interesting episode. This is like other things that are going on Force sensitive people using these powers, Maul, Ventress, Ahsoka. That's the most interesting stuff in Clone Wars for me. And like, and, and I think they know that because the show starts to lean more heavily on that as the show goes on, because it's telling these stories in pockets of the universe where you've got this binary that kind of doesn't make any sense and is led led to failure, and you got all this cool stuff going on the outside of these two forces. And it turns out the force is not the light side and the dark side. The force is the force, and these guys have just built up two religions around their versions of the force. And like, I just and 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 I just mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm a little Kylo here. I just want to see it all fall down. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm Star Wars Rebels, I think, will be the show that you cool. really love. Um, and I'm just going to say right now, I think the Bendu is going to be one of your favorite characters. The Bendu. And you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you'll get all it right, there, though. All right, dig it. Um, well, all right. Well, um, I appreciate you coming on because you don't have much time because you are spending a lot of time podcasting these days. Talk to us about what you're doing over on uh, Strand of Man, Panama. doing all the things. We got to... Obviously, the Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, podcast is my first podcast home. Like, it's a, we're over there. We're talking about Multiverse of Madness and Moon Knight. We just did our uh, Fantasy Hero Draft update, or a Hero League update, where we're uh, doing fantasy football, but for Marvel characters. It's been a lot of fun. Um, and then, uh, yeah, uh, uh, over on uh, Pandavision, me and you were talking about or- the Orville, and we'll be talking about the boys in a few weeks. So we got we got that going on, uh, the Star Trek Universe podcast, and Bingers Assemble uh, is talking about Jurassic Park. So we've got four different series running concurrently right now that we're all just like boom, 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 boom. Lots of episodes coming out. So yeah. whatever you like, we got it's, it. This- this 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 is gonna be the summer of content. You know, I was joking before we talked about Orville that I don't know if I'm gonna see the sun in mm-hmm. June because like Kenobi's coming out, Ms. Marvel, Ms. Kenobi's coming out, Ms. Marvel is coming out, um, The Boys is coming out, Orville Orville is coming out. Some new movies are gonna come out. Like there's just gonna be so much mm-hmm. going on. Uh, my my network, the Ethical Panda, obviously kind of a, an offshoot of Stranded Panda, and we're part of it, kind of a, a sub a sub network. Uh, but if you go to theethicalpanda.com, that's where you find all the podcasts I'm doing. Uh, this this podcast, Superhero Ethics Podcast, some stuff I'm doing with Next Reel, some stuff I'm doing with Matt about the Orville. All that's a lot of fun. But most importantly there, you'll find all the ways to contact us. What do you think about Kenobi? What do you think about uh, – are you someone who maybe is just kind of not really a Star Wars guy, but you, you – are you someone who's not really a Star Wars person, but you kind of came along because Matt came along? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Uh, have we gotten you interested in the Clone Wars that make you think, nah, I'm going to go back to Star Trek because that's what I love? It's not a binary, though, folks. You don't have to love Star Trek or love Star Wars. It turns out that uh, someone once joked, you know, they're talking about the Star Wars versus Star Trek, that, um, you know, in both fandoms, one of the things that makes you a real Star Trek fan or a real Star Wars fan is what parts of the, of the canon do you not like? Because... I don't think I've met many Star Trek fans who love every Star Trek movie, for example. <laughs> uh, and uh, you and Dave, I know, do a great job with the love, but there's a lot of people who will say negative things about all of it. Um, what, the point is not there's toxicity, like, no, not getting into any of that, but just, yeah, would love to know what do you think about Clone Wars? What's your thought? How are you feeling about Kenobi? Let us know. Email, Facebook, Twitter, all of it's on The Ethical Panda. We're also now live casting some of these episodes, and you can find all those on zenmadband.com. Paul, our regular co-host, is doing a great job doing um, edits of those, putting them up there. I'm going to start putting some smaller things up on TikTok, on theethicalpanda.com. Check all that out. So on behalf of myself, Matt, thank you all so much for being a great audience, and have a good day. Mm-hmm.